Hello and welcome to episode two of Cougars Insider. I'm your host, Jordan Smith. Today, I'm joined by play-by-play broadcaster from the Saanich Braves, Clay Cochran. Thanks for joining me, Clay. Glad to be here, Jordan. going to be lots of fun. I enjoyed your first show, and uh, yeah, I... Uh... As, a, as you heard me say, uh, I think, Tian, uh, when we were texting, show was great, but I kind of felt like you needed a foil. That was that was what I was thinking <laughs> when I was recording the first one. It was yeah. I recorded it at, at my desk, in my office, yeah. staring at the mic by myself, and right. kind of felt like a crazy person rambling to myself, especially talking about topics that really could use yeah. somebody else to bounce off of. So that's what we're going to do today. Great. And we've got a couple of topics that I think will be controversial depending on yeah i think so on your perspective uh we're going to talk a little bit about new rules coming into the vijhl next year the vi is in my my personal opinion moving forward in some respects but moving back in others Mm -hmm. so i know you have a slightly different opinion when it comes to some things so we want to take a look at that we're going to talk about uh mandatory full face shields for junior b next year Um, you're the play-by-play guy for the Braves. We'll maybe have a little look back on the Braves' run last year. Yeah. They did really well. And we've also got an interview with Kevin McBean, newly acquired Victoria Cougar. We picked him up in a trade with the Beaver Valley Nighthawks, sending Matt Sparrow Beaver Valley's way. Bringing Kevin over here. He's going to be going to UVic. So I've got an interview set up with him. We'll have a little chat with him. But uh, let's start with the Sandwich Braves, Braves sorry, yeah. run last year. It was maybe a little improbable uh, that a lot of people maybe weren't expecting at the beginning of the year, but they had a fantastic run last year. You know, Jordan, it all went back for me and for Braves fans all the way back to a, gee, as I look at my notes here, it was a November, was it? Yeah, it was November 24th. They had a game that night against the uh, the Generals. The Oceanside Generals came down. The Generals showed up to Perks and absolutely stone cold spanked them, just it was a 7-3, yep, it was a 7-3 loss, and apparently they closed the door of the dressing room afterwards, and uh, it was a, kind of a players-only thing, and uh, and then later they got the coaches involved. But at first it was it, the, uh, the players-only, and they really said, well, we need to move this thing in a different direction and uh, really start dialing in. And, of course, uh, just about a week later they would pick up... Uh, the player for my book, who was the defenseman of the year, uh, Elliot McIsaac, um, even though he only came in uh, there in early December. But uh, he certainly was a big piece of their, their renaissance. And then they just reeled off win after win after win, uh, the very occasional loss or tie. And uh, they just ruled in. They were probably, if not the hottest, uh, the second hottest. I'm trying to think of the storm were technically hotter from that stretch on. Uh, it would have been very close, uh, but... Uh, Boy, what a season uh, they had uh, regular season-wise. And then, Jordan, the playoffs. just The, the team just kept winning. And, uh, and then that second-round series when they, uh, when they took uh, uh, the Nanaimo Buccaneers to that Game 7 in the Nanaimo Ice Center number 1 for that Game 7 uh, afternoon tilt. I think it was a Sunday. It was indeed. It was a Sunday afternoon game, winning that one. Uh, just hanging on by their fingernails, mind you, but they won that. And then, of course, taking it all the way to Game 7 against the Storm. And uh, if not for uh, uh, a Game 6 situation, uh, we can talk about that later. Uh, I, I think they might have been champions. It was a bit of a 180 from the previous year's playoffs as the Sandwich Braves were upset quite heavily the year before. What uh, what did you see difference-wise in the organization as a whole? Was it just different mixture of players was it a different philosophy from the coaching staff the organization what really propelled Sanich into a possible uh championship with the vi last year well let's make one thing clear brad cook uh, who'd been the head coach and general manager for the club for <clears throat> the past eight years if i got my math right eight seven eight years he took a little bit of a backup role he voluntarily looked talked to management and uh, and so forth and said look uh we're thinking of going not so much in a different direction, but bringing in another head coach to handle the head coaching duties. And they brought in Sam Waterfield. And I got to give Sam Waterfield uh, and uh, and the rest of his staff a tremendous amount of credit. But that credit also, Jordan, has to go to, to of course, the uh, the uh, general manager, uh, sorry, the head of hockey operations, I should say, which was Brad Cook, who took over that responsibility. He just ran hockey operations, which meant he was like one of the key pieces to sorting out 
trades and moves and just a lot of things in the background and player development. Uh, not to mention coaching, who's still involved with that, but uh, but not on the bench. And it uh, it just made a tremendous uh, change because, of course, Cook, an ex-pro player, uh, you've got all of his pedigree. And uh, with a younger coach in Sam Waterfield, it was just the perfect secret sauce, if you will. And that, along with some of these pickups and uh, changes they made along the way, I already mentioned McIsaac, it just propelled them to their best season in really, you could almost say, decades. Decades and decades, yeah. What a year. Now, you alluded to Game 6 against Campbell River. Why don't you touch on what happened that for people who aren't quite aware of the situation in Game 6 against Campbell River, and then uh, give me your thoughts on it. Jordan, the capacity, as you know, at the very small, um, smallest rink in the league, uh, dimensions-wise. It's, are, it, it's yeah. below NHL standards. It is absolutely yeah. below. It is. In fact, I've had somebody tell me, uh, correct me on the air or, or when I was off air, that I often describe it as the old Boston Gardens in ter- terms of ice dimensions. Apparently, it's actually smaller than the old gardens, I was told. But, uh, yeah, of course, the... Um, uh, the uh, George Perks Arena in Saanich, um, smallest rink in the league. And, of course, it's one of those old-school kind of concrete 1961 rinks, uh, 62 rinks. You couldn't and make it any bigger unless it, you used dynamite. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Jordan. That's it. And, you know, the old roof and everything. And uh, it, it it gives the appearance of kind of a practice rink. And, look, it's real old school. It's 1960, uh, 62, right? So this is an old, old, iconic building. Um, and... My point around it is the capacity for that building, the the legal capacity, because it's there's only the one stand as you know, uh, is five hundred and twenty-five. That's and that it, on nights when we get anywhere north of three fifty four hundred, I mean that's a pretty loud building and barn. That night, game six, there were unofficially, and I know this is a live show we're doing, and I want to get anybody in trouble from the fire department. I think the statute were, of eliminations of yeah, I think it has to. So there were 800 people in the building that night. There were mm-hmm. 800 plus. There were kids sneaking in the back door, and after a while, security just started letting them in. They just gave just up. Start, just come on in. This is the biggest thing Sandwich has seen in forever. And that was just so much fun. The problem is, what I wanted to say is, they couldn't score a goal. Sanich were shut out that night. How did that one end for nothing, I think? And, uh, you know, it's just the way. But I, my point around is not the, the point around them not scoring a goal is I said to myself, and I said to folks after I think the first period, I said, if Sanich, if the Braves can score one singular goal, just one goal, it will create such a frenzy in this building. There were 800 people there. Well, probably 75 Storm fans. There were 800 people in that building that night who were just ravenous for a goal. They were just, you could almost see the frothing at the mouth, Jordan. It was just something to behold. And, you know, I've, I've said to people, had they scored even one, and uh, was it Graywall, uh, the great ghost? He fired one off the post, I think. In the, yeah, I know he did in the second period. That's the closest they came. Had that one gone in, uh, all bets were When you got a crowd like that, yeah. in a game like that, yeah. one goal's a momentum change. Totally. One, just a singular one. Even if you're trailing 2 nothing. Just yeah. one goal could be it. That could yeah. be the difference could between be the difference. a 4 nothing and, game yeah. or a 3-2 yeah. game. It, totally. yeah, it makes a huge yeah. difference. So that's, that's all I wanted to say about that. Uh, terrific, thing, a terrific year. Uh, didn't go their way in the end, but uh, they made a tremendous run. And uh, yeah, the credit's got to be uh, handed out to the players first and foremost. I didn't mention Riley Matheson, the departing uh, 20-year-old goaltender who had a phenomenal year. Probably one of the best goalies of his generation in junior B hockey. Thanks, yeah, thanks for saying that. Absolutely. You know, a... Um, uh, you know, a player who's uh, from up north, you know, Port Hardy native, uh, comes from a, you know, a small fishing town, as we know, Port Hardy, and uh, boy, a, a generational goalie, and um, yeah, he's going to have, uh, he's going to be missed uh, for the Braves, but they'll they'll recruit, and uh, we'll see what uh, comes in next year. they got Chris Kobiaticus Kambi- coming in behind him, so we'll see, but uh, he's a talented goalie in his own right, and uh, yeah, but uh, what a year, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that. That those are my thoughts. If not for a goal that didn't happen in Game 6, I really think it might have just happened for them. Yeah. Switch topics a little bit. Uh, the VIJHL as a league pushed forward the three-point for a win, one-point for a tie, two-point for an overtime win rule. Yeah. And for the most part, a lot of people are seeing it as a positive. So we'll, we'll get your thoughts on that in a little bit. But... The rule that is coming into the VI next year is affecting Junior B as a whole, and that's the elimination of the half visors for junior age players who are carted on a junior team and going back to full face cages that you see in minor hockey. Right. 
BC Hockey mandated this uh, nearing the end of last year. And it's causing some strife in the province. Um, Pete Zaberski in the Peninsula Panthers made headlines last year because he he mandated that him or his team, the Peninsula Panthers, will force their players to wear cages. Um, I know there was players that weren't happy about it, but they bought into Pete's reasoning and his thoughts behind it. And he may have been and a driving force for the province changing and is more of a catalyst than anything. Um, from what I'm hearing, two of the three um, presidents of the three junior B leagues agreed to the rule change, um, but there was no consultation with the teams. Right. Or if there was, it was very little and very select teams. I'm sure Pete would have voted yes, but sure. I know I know a, a number of teams would have voted vehemently no. Uh, I can't speak to the Victoria Cougars because this isn't a conversation that we've had. We've it's just not really a topic that we've talked about. Sure. So I'm not. I'm honestly not sure what the executive would have voted for the Victoria Cougars. Yeah. Um, I do know there's a lot of players that have a problem with this, and we're hearing rumors. Um, no names, but there yeah. are players that are threatening to either quit hockey altogether, mm-hmm. or go to Alberta, Ontario, Manitoba, whatever, mm-hmm. and play hockey there. Um, there is a petition going around right now from the different teams yep. that are trying to get BC Hockey to reverse this rule. That's all I've heard so far is just the rumors of that. I haven't actually seen... There's some stuff seen... on Twitter, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's been social media talk, and I know there's yeah. a lot of players that don't like it. Yeah. And um, in my chat with Kevin McBean, he he doesn't like it. He thinks it's a step back for the game. And uh, I know there's a majority of players that have played junior hockey for a number of years. I haven't met a single player that is actually for it. And I've talked to a lot of players about this, and I have yet to meet a single junior age player that's either indifferent or is okay with it. Everybody is approaching it negatively, but it's one of those, if I have to, I have to. Yeah. Now, you were at a game where the cage may have changed the outcome of an injury to another player. So why don't you talk about uh, your experience with the visors in that particular incident? Yeah, let, let me share that real fast with you. You know, it was one of the goriest things you'll ever imagine. I won't get into the, the, the gory details, but I was, believe it or not, I was at uh, the Corral Center, as it was called back in those days, when uh, Brian McCabe... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Brian Berard. Brian Berard, excuse me. <laughs> Brian Berard, Brian McCabe. Brian Berard, um, uh, who was playing, uh, uh, let's see, at the time uh, for Blue Team. He was a defender for uh, for uh, Toronto. Forgive me, I can't say the last, uh, the rest of the name of the team. I'm just, I've never been able to do that as an Ottawa Senator fan. But I was in, <laughs> but I was in Ottawa, and I was there the night uh, that uh, Marion Hosa uh, swung. He, he didn't swing a stick dangerously, but he was in the crease area and. His follow-through, because uh, Berard, of course, was a, um, a first-round draft pick in the New York Islanders back in, what was that, 94, somewhere around there. And, uh, Old school was, hockey player. Yeah, yeah, and uh, art, arguably uh, to be uh, one of the best defensemen uh, of that era. And he lost, he very nearly lost his eye that night. And quite frankly, he really, for all intents and purposes, lost all the use of, of his right eye. And I was there, and I saw what happened, and I saw the reaction, and I saw what happened on the ice, and uh, if you don't believe me, I'm sure you do. It's a famous story, but I mean, I think you can see it on YouTube. And All you have to do is plug his name into yeah, Google. Yeah, and it, it, is, it is just an absolutely horrible thing. And all of that, all of that would have been saved had he had just a half visor, just half glass. Yeah. He'd, he'd be seeing perfectly out of both eyes. And uh, it would have changed the trajectory of his career as well. It, it, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Thanks for adding that point because that's probably just as important, probably second only to his, the, to his, the importance of his eyesight. But I was there that night, and I tell you, it really changed the way I thought about this topic. And I think you and I have different different opinions about this, and I, I think that's good because it'll hopefully make the podcast more interesting. Uh, I, I think we're probably going to disagree on a lot of stuff, but yeah, I was there that night, Jordan, and I'm telling you. Uh, you don't ever want to see that live, uh, and uh, you know I've, uh, you know what I do for a living. I've seen some pretty grisly things, and uh, you don't ever want to have to look at that. And there were eighteen thousand people, nineteen thousand people there in the Corral Center that night. Most people didn't believe what they were seeing, and I knew instantly what was going on. Uh, I could, it was just as plain as day to me, and uh, I wasn't that close to it, thankfully. But uh, 
I was right at center ice actually, but but high up in the second row, but far enough that I could I could see it. It was an awful night and a tragic story, and and just a, even a half visor would have, would have made all the difference. Yeah. For me, I think a half visor is enough. Um, yeah. It's it prevents direct injuries to the eye. Right. If you look traditionally at hockey injuries to the face, um, most of them are teeth, chin, jaw, nose. Yep. Sure. Things that aren't covered by the visor. Sure. Uh, I can't remember in junior B hockey in the almost decade that I've been doing this now, I can't think of any serious injuries to the eye uh, that I've seen or heard about at this level. Obviously, it does happen. Yeah. Hockey's a dangerous game. There's no way around that. And when you're, it's a, it's a violent game. It's, when you're when you're playing a sport yeah. where you're skating 30 miles an hour with knives on your feet and on a sheet of ice, and yeah. the goal is to to hit somebody as hard as you can, injuries are a part of it. And when you start coddling um, the players too much, especially, like, these aren't kids anymore. No. These are men. No, they're young men. And they're old enough to make a decision on whether or not they want to play this game. If you don't want to run the risk of getting your teeth knocked out with a hockey puck or a stick, then play something else. And they know that. And these kids know that. They... Um, a lot of these kids, they play hockey in the winter. They train for hockey in the summer. They play hockey in the winter. They play lacrosse in the summer. Yeah. Uh, it's rare that you see kids growing up in hockey that want to keep wearing the cage. They want to play proper hockey. They want to emulate the pros. They want to sure go up do. to the next level. And yeah. next thing you're going to be doing is putting them in bubble wrap or taking hitting out of the game. And there's been threats of taking fighting out of hockey for a long time. And junior sure. hockey's they've changed the penalty structure to obviously discourage it. Yeah. It's never going to stop. Yeah. The same thing with uh, putting cages on kids. It's not going to stop injuries. It may change the injuries. I think it's the, good, I think it's the good, biggest It's going to stop fighting. I'll tell you that. I think it's going to stop fighting. I fought more in lacrosse than I ever did in hockey. With a full cage. Yeah. Okay. And I got the scars on both my hands to prove it. Right. But it's... I think the, the biggest negative that you're going to see is the chippiness factor of hockey is going to go up. Yeah. Because now there's no risk of drawing blood with a high stick. Yeah. They're going to start using their stick. Yeah. It's going to make those kids that don't want to get in the corner and chippy because they're not cut out for it. Right. They're going to they're gonna be fearless and it's either going to get them beat up or they're going to start, you know... With those chippy penalties, they're going to start using their yeah. stick more often because there's no risk of that four-minute double minor because you you know you nick somebody's chin. And I think at this in this day and age, with this level of hockey at this age group, you need to give the players a choice. All these kids sign waivers. All these kids are insured. If they don't want to play hockey, then don't play hockey. Right. Here's my pushback to that. Just the first point that you made. My first problem with it. Is of, of your argument is you're right. They're big boys. They're young adults. You know what? They're not. They're not pros yet, Jordan. It's true. They're not pros. Western Hockey Leaguers, uh, OHL players, players in the queue, Quebec Major Junior League. For all intents and purposes, they're pro hockey players. They're junior hockey players, but as you know, the NCAA considers them pro. I consider them pro, not just because they get a small forty-five dollars stipend every week. But they're pro. They're playing at the playing at the pro level without the playing, paycheck yet. Absolutely, Jordan. Yeah. And they get a small paycheck, right? Look, the, so my first pushback on it is, I'm sorry, but they're just not pro. Uh, if they are pro, uh, I go down to Blanchard Street to watch uh, mm-hmm. watch the Royals, or I go over to Vancouver and I take in yeah. a Giants game. I have no problem if that if the Western Hockey League wants to do that. Um, so that's my first pushback on that. Um, my view of it, though, holistically, is that. This, you know, the players, let's say this goes through, like we think it will. We'll assume for this argument that it does. There's there's no sign from BC Hockey that no. it won't at the moment. Right. But that may change. We're still in the middle yep. of summer. No, totally. But I kind of look at this as, you know, if you believe in that uh, alternate universe theory. And here's my weird little, Clay's little weird moment here of alternate universes. You know, if you do believe in alternate universes, and I don't, but... If you do, there's an alternate universe somewhere where the VIJHL next year goes full cages. Mm-hmm. And there's an alternate universe where the VIJHL next year does not and stays the way it is. Half, half visors only. In one of those universes, there's a whole pile of players like Carl Ewart 
on the club you called, um, the Cougars, last year, who will be spending hours, as Carl Ewart did, eight hours in a dentist chair in probably quite a bit of pain, mm-hmm. uh, going through what I would call hell on earth, because I've had a root canal, and I don't have... Don't know what your de- dental status is, Jordan, but no recanals for me. But I can but imagine it's it ain't the funny, you know, the funnest time of your day. I'll put it to you that every of your year. And um, so those are my two first pushbacks. They're not pro yet. Um, when they are, we'll have that conversation. But they're not yet. Um, and uh, my second bit is that uh, there are players that uh, will avoid what Carl Ewart and others went through last year and will continue to go through without the changes. Your thoughts? Honestly, at the end of the day, I think a lot, a majority of players, um, if the rule comes in full cages, they're going to wear cages because they want to play hockey. Yeah. It doesn't mean they'll like it. It doesn't mean it'll benefit them in any way. It may it may prevent the tooth injuries, but yeah. I'll wear a mouth guard. Sure. Most of these kids don't. <laughs> Some and, do. I don't know what the numbers are. Well, uh, it's 50-50. usually they're it's chewing like, on it. It's halfway out their mouth. They're yeah. not actually wearing the yeah. mouth guard. You know, Kyle Mace is famous for that. He yeah. never has it in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't protect your teeth when it it's does, on the outside of your it cheek. It does not. Um, the, the kids will they'll come out of midget, they'll go into junior, and they'll just keep their cage. Yeah. The 20-year-olds that are coming into the league, that are in the league this year, yeah. they've been wearing... A half Pfizer for three, four, five years. Yeah, they may just hang them up. Yeah, and, and not and not want to play as a twenty year old. Yeah. They don't want to go back to midget. Right. Yeah. And I think at the same time, I can respect that. You get the elite level players that want to play local because this is where their family is. Yeah. That decide, well, you know what? Maybe I'll go play in Alberta. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll go to Ontario. Yeah. And there's a distinct possibility that we're going to lose elite level players. Yeah. Because they want to play junior hockey. They don't want to play midget with a junior tag. Right. Here's my pushback to that argument. Um, there was all there were all sorts of people back in 1996 who said, uh, we're going to lose customers in our restaurants and our especially our pubs if we don't, if we continue this uh, no smoking campaign inside pubs and restaurants. Uh, people said that the pub industry in British Columbia is going to fall apart because I think BC was the first to go smoke free, if I remember correctly. Uh, smoke, I'm not a smoker, but it never bothered me back in the day. I figured I walk into a bar, I should be walking into a smoky environment. It never bothered me. Now it's crazy how much just a little bit of cigarette smoke bothers me. But, um, you know, my pushback to your argument there is I, I liken it to smoking. We said the same thing about smoking. You know, the restaurant industry is going to close, the pubs are going to fold, and business couldn't be booming any 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 better. So you think the cages may just be a, a temporary problem that fixes itself? Do I think some players are going to bolt and go to other provinces? Jordan, yes, I absolutely do. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Do, will we lose some onesies and twosies, threesies and foursies? Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Listen, partner, for sure. And I'm hearing the same complaints you are. The one really good argument, you touched on it, and I'm, get, I'm gonna circle back to this because I wanted to. The one really good argument that I really like uh, against the policy is the consultation piece that didn't happen. Absolutely unsat, okay? Unsatisfactory. Guys, you know, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, uh, coddle every single team, but at least go out with some sort of memo from head office to have some semblance of an idea that, hey, uh, uh, governors, you know, uh, well, I don't know how many governors in all, all three leagues combined. We're in the 30s, right? High 30s, uh, oh, 40s, 40s, 40s yes. Yeah. You know, send 45 letters out to all the governors and just say, this is what we're thinking. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a conference call. We were completely this. blindsided and, by this. Yeah, so listen, that argument I hear, you know, just throwing it at them. And I get it. Look, when when headquarters, uh, what is Dunder Mifflin's headquarters there on that, on that comedy show? You know, when corporate calls, that's it, yeah. corporate is what I was trying to get. You know, when, when corporate says what it is, well, guess what? Dunder Mifflin's going to do what corporate, corporate says. I don't have a problem saying I, I to corporate. But uh, corporate's got to come out with some kind of... You know, hey, listen, this is a major change. And, um, yeah, so that that I do support, at least as far as, you know, that little bit of pushback. Like, no consultation, just that. That was flat out wrong. Yeah, and I, I, I've talked to a couple of different teams thinking. Yeah. And when, when they were talking about no consultation at first, I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm not an executive with the Cougars. Right. I, no, I never have been and I never will be. Nor am I with and the Braves. so decisions like that where the executive and the governors get involved right. obviously they're not going to consult me no, because no. my opinion doesn't matter you're broadcast so 
Yeah. I thought, well, okay, well, maybe they did consult the cougars and they just didn't tell me because it's none of my bloody business. Yeah, sure. Oh. I, got, uh, I got Twitter messages from about seven or eight different teams from all three leagues over the... And every <laughs> single one of them says... Never heard a word. Yeah. Not so, one. Yeah, and I had the same thing because I was going out to all my contacts and saying, on because it was a Tuesday morning. Yeah. And I remember going out, I was at work and going out to all my, my friends and associates across different leagues and saying, hey, what do you know about this? And they said, first I've heard of it, Clay. What are you talking about? You're not serious. What is it? You know, I even had one guy write back to me something like, uh, hey, April Fool's is still 45 days away. Stop it. Yeah. And uh, anyway. So yeah. the the way BC Hockey handled it, I think, was tragic. It... Uh, it probably would have gone over a lot better if um, they had a, a survey of the, of the different teams. Sure. Because if you survey the several dozen teams in this province at this age oh, level... Or, or don't Finish that thought. Don't even survey. Just just tell them you're thinking of doing it. But finish well, that yeah, thought. Well, yeah, but if you survey them and, yeah. you know, say you've got say you've got 50 teams that you're in charge of and right. 49 of them yeah. say no and Peninsula's like, sure. Sure. Maybe rethink the way you're doing it. Totally. Yeah, I understand sure. BC Hockey's coming at this from a safety perspective, yep. Yep. but at the end of the day, yep. it's less about the safety for BC Hockey and more about their insurance premiums. Yep. And my pushback to that, I think you're right, but my pushback to that is, you know, uh, BS walks and... Uh, can we swear on this? Uh, probably not. I don't, I don't know yet. Yeah. I haven't decided. I'm, sorry. Okay, so I'm sure it'll happen eventually. It will. <laughs> you know... Uh, you know, money talks and BS walks, right? Yeah. That, and, and that's just a fact. And uh, all you have to do is travel around on a bus with a hockey team long enough and you start to find out just how expensive it is to roll a bus from just little old uh, the Q Center in uh, Colwood up to Campbell River. You know, how many dollars an hour that, that co- Look, mm-hmm. costs are what they are. Yep. So, you know, that would be my small little count- counterpoint to that one. And hockey is a business. I it's touched a on business. that last that's weekend. My point. Yeah. In order for a hockey team at the junior level to be successful, you obviously yeah. need to have fans coming out to the games and paying money. But at the same time, you need players, too. You do. So you're probably right. The cages, if they do come in and BC Hockey enforces it in full, it may just be a temporary problem. Yeah. But could it save the league money in terms of insurance premiums to a significant tune? I don't know the numbers. Uh, tweet, could. tweet in and tell us, folks, if you know the answer to that. I'd be happy to hear uh, the good... It's got to be less. Uh, I cannot see an insurance company. I can't see... A lawyer not being able to go to an insurance company and say, "What are you doing?" I mean, mm-hmm. your, our our premiums have got to come down here. Like, dentists wait. are going to hate this. Uh, no, I disagree. I think dentists are seriously going to like it because I don't think any dentist wants to sit over a nineteen year old for eight hours in a chair and keep pumping in more of that. Uh, if Novocaine. I was a dentist, I wouldn't mind as soon as I got paid on Friday. Yeah, but. yeah. I don't know. I don't think I don't think seven treatments of Novocaine over eight hours is a fun thing. But anyway, what do I know? Yeah, I remember uh, Brody Coulter getting hit in the face with a stick and yeah. him standing at sitting race and spitting onto the ice, and we all thought, like, ew, gross. He's spitting on the ice only to realize that his spit is bouncing because they're teeth. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's I, I can see yeah. I the insurance premium if it does go down and if it is a significant amount, yeah. it honestly if it is a noticeable difference, yeah. are the teams gonna see that? Are the teams gonna benefit from BC hockey saving? Will money? the quality of the post game meal when you're pulling out a Campbell River improve? I'm thinking more along the lines Probably of not. <laughs> uh subsidies for Cyclone Taylor. Um, right. Sure, no. I realized that I was, yeah. I'm travel, not talk- travel subsidies sure. and all that kind of stuff. Just because if if BC Hockey is mandating cages right, and they're saying we're saving X number of tens of thousands of dollars yeah. in insurance premiums sure. because we're wearing cages instead of visors, right. is there going to be a trickle down to the teams? Yeah. Because if BC Hockey is keeping that in their pocket... That's not good. Then I have no sympathy for no, that. No, totally. And and I, I'm going to meet you halfway there. The other thing, the last thing we haven't said about this is the, the argument I heard way back in the day, which is the NCAA. You know what I'm going to say. Right? Yeah. You know, these kids are all trying to go to either Div 3 or Div 1 scholarships. Uh, and whether you're Div 3 or Div 1, um, the NCAA, as we all know, wears the full cage. And I've always thought it was banality that you'd be playing, even, you know, I've worked in, in Junior A, that, you, you know, you could be the... Uh, the, a player for the Couch and Valley Capitals and play five years in the cap system uh, in Couch and Valley, get a scholarship and head off to Wisconsin. You're a Badger uh, a year later and you're playing for the Badgers. In, in One of the of, best teams in hockey and exactly. now you're wearing a cage. Yeah, and now you're wearing a cage in front of uh, 15,000 or actually probably I think it's closer to 9,500, 10,000 yeah. screaming Badger, Wisconsin Badger fans. Uh, I think that's 
terrific in terms of the visuals, but it just act. I mean, I'm talking about the big crowd, but you know, it kind of makes you think, wow. So you just came from a a visually pro style environment, half caged kind of deal uh, at the Island Saving Center, and and now you're playing in front of. 10, ten, times, ten times as ten, many people. Ten thousand people. Yeah, ten yeah. times as many people, and you're wearing a full cage. Um, so that there's a disconnect there. That doesn't make any sense to me. But again, that goes back to my original point. They're not pro yet. Is this is this more maybe the maybe the pushback that we're hearing from players and teams? Is this more of a knee jerk outrage reaction? Then do you think it's just players getting mad because they're being forced to do something they don't want to do but at the end of the day it doesn't matter Jordan nobody wanted to wear seatbelts in 1972 they really didn't sure everybody that went through a windshield would disagree with you but I think that's probably (laughs) true too the people didn't want to wear seatbelts in 1972 and the Canadian lawmakers and American lawmakers said uh, no you gotta wear a seatbelt and uh, you know people used to think it was fashionable to uh, have a couple wobbly pops and get behind the wheel of a car and uh, you know yeah. you do that now you go to jail and for a really long uh, Real I could go I could go on and on you know just just uh, just uh, you know just text So is this an evolution it, of the game? Do you see yeah, it is. do you see yeah, do. in the future uh, okay so junior B this year yep. cages yep BCHL yep it's coming get ready BCHL cuz BCHL you're not pro you are a junior A league, and you are the primary feeder system, that NCAA model. What about and, CHL? Uh, no. The Canadian Hockey League, meaning the three major... Uh, are we going to see it major, major junior, do you think? That's what I mean, major junior? No. I don't think you will for the reasons we've talked about in this podcast. I think it's going to stay... Uh, Pro forma for now. Leave I mean, it to the junior levels and yeah. let the pros keep it. Because it's pro. Because because they're essentially pro systems. And they're feeding a pro they are feeding directly yeah. to the pros. Yeah. You're going uh, you're yeah. going from the CHL. Yeah. If you're in the CHL, you have a legitimate shot moving yeah. up to the AHL. Absolutely. So do you think so BCHL and Maybe not next year, but might be two years from now. I think two look, we had one team in this league, and let's go back, you know, we were kinda maybe you and I were whether fairly or not fairly uh, you know, calling out uh, the Peninsula Panthers. And, you know, you heard my interview, and I stand by everything I said with Pete Zabriskie in that interview last year. I think one thing that fans might not realize is that the Panthers did that last year without the full endorsement and blessing of the Vancouver Island Junior Hockey League. Um, I understand that it was not fully endorsed, and they said, we're going to do this because we think it's a safety fee- safety factor, and but. but it was their their argument, and you really can't fault them. I don't know if what they if there was any blowback on that. I there was no think, news coming out of the league regarding no, that. It the was first ca- time I heard about it was in the newspaper. Yeah, and uh, and my point around it is, we saw you and I saw in your building because you called your games, I called my games, and we thought that I thought wrongly, and uh, I was I was made uh, I was told this many times. You know, uh, boy, were you ever wrong on that one? I'm wrong a lot, but uh, I was expecting something really. Uh, interesting not good happening in terms of the fact that you've got two sets of equipment on two different teams in the same hockey game and to me that was just crazy I, I really thought that was a big deal I, I thought it was going to be huge uh, in fact I think I called the first game of that because it was the Panthers against the Braves back in early September last year and I thought it was going to be something I thought there was going to be a so what factor about it um and maybe there was sort of in the trenches maybe there were some little kind of dirty hits or who knows but I didn't see a whole lot of pushback. My end point on this is that after all that, that one singular team that did it against the blessings of the very league in which they are, did it really without consequence and kind of showed everybody, you know, this can be done and this has been done and it was successful. And I'm pretty sure they didn't have too many dental bills up at uh, Panorama Leisure Center last year. Um, and if that's all true, if everything I've basically said is true, and I believe it is, isn't it funny that less than a year later, on a Tuesday morning in February, early February, out comes the league going, you know what, everybody's going to do it next year. That's it. No discussion. And no parlay. It's just happening. Yeah, there was. Yeah. that was basically what it was. Yeah, hey yeah. guys, guess what? You guess better what? start buying cages. Yeah, better start. Yeah, <laughs> better talk to your trainer. Or I, just, I just pictured the treasurer going, oh God. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's the end of my rant on that. But uh, well, as of right now, yeah, 
visors are coming in. Yeah. There's teams around the province trying to change that. Indeed. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, once we, maybe BC Hockey can uh, come up with an official statement whether or not uh, yeah. they're recognizing a petition or if they're just saying, tough, suck it up, you're wearing cages. Um, before we end this, just your quick 30-second opinion on the new point structure for the VI next year. I know we've kind of beat this topic to death because it's 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 kind of a big change, but I haven't really heard your side of it. You're a football fan, so the yeah. three points is kind of yeah, something you're used to. But. Yeah, of course, look, I, I'm wearing my England shirt. They play on Sunday. Look, sure, the three points, it, is it going to encourage some offense in third periods that are looking one way or the other? Will it be interesting, especially in February, uh, late January, when you know you're trying to look at scoreboard watching? I think you yeah. mentioned uh, gambling the third period yeah. to see if two points isn't enough. Right, two points isn't enough. I get that, and that's going to be definitely an interesting wrinkle. I thought you were going to ask me about uh, the shootout. Uh, maybe we'll. Well, we look, can touch on that. We'll touch on. It. I know we're running out of time here, but you said thirty seconds, and I'm already over it. Look, <laughs> um, what I don't like about it is the loser point. I've always had a problem with the loser point. The loser point, if fans don't know what I'm talking about, it's that point that's handed out to the team that loses in overtime. And what it does is it just, I just, if you make it to overtime and you lose in overtime, you still get a point. And I just, I don't get that. I just want it to be simpler. I don't want to hold up, you know, spotting boards that say that uh, the Saanich Braves were 29, 17, 2, 3, 4, and 0. Oh. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what that means. And I'm, it's and I'm hard like, to keep track. It's, it's hard just, to keep track. Basketball's got it right. Wins, losses, that's it. it. Jordan, that's exactly what I'm about. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to poo-poo the, the change to this. Just make it simple because I don't know what 37, 3, 4, 6, 2, and 0 means. And neither do the fans listening to the game. Most people don't care. Most people, exactly. They just look at the point total. Most people don't care. They just look at the point total. So that's kind of my five seconds on. Yeah, well, you're going to see it's going to be wins, losses, overtime losses, and that's basically right. right. But now we're going to have regulation wins, overtime wins, I know. regulation losses, Thank you. and overtime losses. Right. So what are the numbers going to look like next year? Yeah. It's going gonna, gonna to be, yeah, like I said, 26, 17, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, and 0. You know, for, for a game like just, baseball that is nothing but stats, yeah, yeah. wins and losses. Yeah. Now hockey, it's yeah sure. There's a lot of stats in hockey, but yeah. not uh, yeah. It's just I that, just I just wanted to. I'll give you that. I like yeah. I like the point structure sure. because it it mixes things up a little bit yeah. and it focuses more on offense and it encourages offense and we all want more goals. Now the big controversy is the shootout sure. and I'm personally pro shootout just because I despise ties. I'm anti shootout because I don't give a rat's yeah. patootie about ties. But keep going. I want to hear your thoughts. Well, go. I just go. I, you spend. Yep. 65, 70 minutes playing a game, and then yep. at the end of it, it's just like, oh, guess what? It didn't accomplish anything. Try again tomorrow. Jordan, hockey is the only game that I know that has a break between the first period and second period, and then it has a break between the second period and the third period, and that confuses so many people when they go to their first hockey game. Just take somebody from Europe or from South America who's never been to a game before, and they're like, what? The game is still on? Yeah. It's happened to me with, with guests and friends. Look, uh, so it's the only game that has that. And now here's my thing against the shootout. And now we're going to have another break between. It's just, we get out of these buildings. It's not about the broadcast. We get out of these buildings late enough as it is. Now you're going to, I've never been a fan of shootout for a number of reasons, but just from the practicality of it. It's, oh, great. What about a eliminating... Shootout. What oh, about good. Eliminating I'll be here another hour. What's that? Eliminate one of the overtimes. Sure. Yeah, Just your uncle. Do the well, NHL. Well, this three, three on three. Okay, well, th- well, hold on. Don't I have the model correct, though? Isn't it this year we're going strictly to a four uh, to a five-minute... Five-minute four-on-four, exactly. five-minute three-on-three. Okay. So there you go. So, so, so we have three... <laughs> so, again, another reason I'm against it. We have three frames... Uh, pieces of play we have three we almost have a, a second game in a game at least there's no ice clean well will there be a strip clean are we gonna pull the zamboni out i doubt and run it. a strip well they do in the show right well uh, yeah but they've got the money to pay the zamboni guy okay fine <laughs> but uh, i don't know i have a sneaking suspicion and well there goes some controversy for you because i will almost guarantee there will be coaches that will complain and say we've got to clean this strip it's, it's ridiculous it's beyond a snowbank out there it's gonna happen I guarantee it'll happen. Well, we don't we don't get the shovel cleans in Junior B like you get in Junior. You don't a. get the shovel cleans. You're right. Uh, I'm talking about running the Zamboni just down up the, and down the middle, down the center strip. Yeah. And I almost guarantee 
guarantee even they're gonna have to come up with some regulation on that because I guarantee there will be coaches that will complain about it and say this is crazy I need you know I need to you know. last year I complained heavily about lack of two referees and then right. a week later the league decided they're gonna have two referees so maybe I'll complain partway through the season and it might work Jordan the tail <laughs> wags the dog the tail wags the dog I just called you a tail but no but good for you I I've mean been if, called if that, worse. yeah if you, yeah look seriously man like um uh I'm I know there's so many folks across uh, various leagues that love it, uh, you know. The, but I wasn't a fan of it in the NHL, and I'm still not a fan of it. You mentioned um, in your podcast last week the, the important point that it's not a hockey play. And it's true. I like the way you describe it because it's true. It's a, you know, it's funny because the World Cup is on right now, right? You know, the the, mm-hmm. the biggest sporting event in the entire. Heck, I'm wearing a, a World Cup shirt. I'm right not now. even a huge fan of yeah. uh, soccer, well, football, well, and I've been watching it every day. Uh, indeed. Well, here's my number one thing about the World Cup. So the biggest sporting event is on in the world. We all love it. When I say we, I mean globally, planet Earth. Number one we, sport in the world. Thank you very much. So we love this event, the spectacle that happens every four years. We we love it even more than the Olympics. It's more popular than the Olympics. Look. What's the one thing that people always lament about the World Cup? What's the number one fear and loathing thing that fans say, you know the one thing I don't like about the World Cup? Ties. The shootout. Oh, yeah. yeah, Penalty kicks. It's the penalty kicks. Because we've seen World Cups decided, right? Baggio back in 1994 for Italy. At least in in hockey, the goalie has a chance. Exactly. A a goalie in in football's penalty kicks is just a gamble. No, it is a total gamble. (laughs) And it's ridiculous because you see a a massive net and a teeny-weeny goalie down standing on the line. It, It looks ridiculous. and. But, you know, I, I cannot stand that about the beautiful game, and I love it. But, you know, here we are again. We're, we're talking about the, the non-hockey play of the shootout as I'm talking about the World Cup being a non-football play mm-hmm. deciding potentially the most important trophy in all of sport, the yeah. World Cup. And so I've got a problem with it. I've got a problem with it for the exact reason you just said. I've got a problem with it because of the fact that it's going to make the games go till 10:30 p.m. I'm exaggerating. Hopefully it won't be that late. But we're going to have some we're going to have some games that are going to go way past 10 o'clock. Way past 10. Yeah, on a, on a the, the Cougars used to start at 7.30. Look, we're going to have some late, late nights, and I don't like that for a whole bunch of reasons, just because it's At late. least the Braves have a home game start at 6.30. We've been doing that forever. The Braves, and I love it. It's yeah. a fantastic time. People have time to get home from work. You know what I like Feed about... Feed the kids, yeah. go to hockey. You know what I like about two our 6.30s that we do uh, at Perks? It's... We're an hour ahead of the rest of the league. So we're kind of like, if you watch, we're talking a lot about football tonight, aren't we? If you watch English football, you know, there's always the 12.30 kickoff and then you've got the three o'clocks. And you, when you go over to England, everybody stands in front of the TVs when they get into the stadium and they're all watching the end of the uh, the one o'clock kickoff or whatnot. Yeah. And so I think that makes it kind of fun too. That you know, a big Friday night's always a big night in, in our league, and and I think it's neat that one particular team or two teams, whatever it is, last year was one team started early. So yeah, look, we'll see. You know, I'm on on this argument that we've disagreed on these two topics tonight, but um, on the the shootout one, it of all of them, uh, it's the one I'm willing to most be easily coaxed into liking. Uh, prove me wrong. I just I'm, honestly I'm willing to be proven wrong for sure on this one. Go on. I'm not a huge fan of the shootout. Yeah, but it's the lesser of two evils than a tie in my book. You really loathe the tie, don't you? I hate ties with an absolute passion. Wow, and you're really serious about it. Why, it, why, why so much? Like you really don't like a tie. I would rather I, lose than tie. I would rather lose than tie. And I know that's kind of that sounds kind of stupid, wow. just because it's a big problem for you. It's ties are boring. It's like, awesome, we just spent all these hours, you know, busting our ass trying to win this hockey game, and nobody won. I look look at it this way. Ties are impossible in the playoffs because we play until there's a goal. But in the regular season, you've just asked these youngsters to play 60 minutes of the most difficult game ever invented. Okay? It is. Holding a hockey stick at speed and skating, there's nothing harder. Okay? There isn't. I mean, that's why hockey players are the best. Look... You're asking them to do that for 60 minutes, and then you're saying, oh, yeah, and then you're going to do another five more of four on four. And then uh, <laughs> that doesn't work out. We're going to ask you to do five more minutes of three on three, which is almost kind of not even hockey. It's sort of like pond with your buddies, which we like. It's fun. It's open. It's neat. And uh, if that doesn't work, don't worry about it. We're going to get the Zamboni out. We're going to take another hour and have grab a cup of coffee, you know, and uh, then we might figure it out. And then... And then, I think the real the real test yeah. of this is going to be how many games actually go to a shootout. 
Well, my guess is a lot. I mean, we pull it out, the stats last year. How many times did uh, the Braves just tie last year? They tied twice, the Braves did last year. Um, how many overtime games did the Braves have? They had one, two, three. Yeah, they had three overtime games and two games end in ties. So they would have had two shootout games. No, no, I'm assuming no, I'm assuming all those, right? So yeah. if, if those, you know, it, so three overtime losses, those would all have to. Oh, I see. They yeah. might not have all gone to shootout. Yeah, yeah. right. So yeah, well, yeah, you're well, right. we'll leave it. We'll, we'll see. see. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll we'll, see. we'll come back in the new year yeah. and touch base on, on this, this and see how the first half. Yeah. Uh, my guest today has been Clay Cochran, the play-by-play voice of the Saanich Braves. Also helps out with the Victoria Cougars. We were a team with the Victoria Shamrocks before they yeah. decided to axe the broadcast because they couldn't happened? afford it anymore. What happened? <laughs> I, well, I don't think it was just that one team. I think it was, it was the team. whole league. I think the whole league couldn't afford this. We may be back, back for the playoffs, oh, but who knows? Oh, okay. Coming up next, so. I've got uh, Cougars newcomer Kevin McBean. I chatted with him on the phone. Traded from the Beaver Valley Nighthawks, new UVic students, joining the Cougars next year. Make sure to follow Clay on Twitter at Clay Cochran. I'm at Jordan Smith underscore 86. Stay with us. We'll have Kevin shortly. Thanks for watching Cougars Insider. We'll be back next week with episode three. See you later, folks. I'm now on the phone with newly acquired Kevin McBean, formerly of Beaver Valley. Thank you, Kevin, for joining me. How are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good. It uh, sounds like you're on the road. You on a bit of a road trip right now? Uh, yeah, I'm actually just driving around trail right now. It's raining pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's uh, the complete opposite of what we've got here in Victoria right now. It's about 25 and sunny. <laughs> sounds like the opposite of Victoria in the winter, though. If that's true. That is absolutely true. You get a lot of rain in Victoria. Yeah, for sure. Now, you just got picked up by the Cougars. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit how that went down? Well, I mean, I had always planned on going to the University of Victoria next year. And uh, so Terry, the our head coach and GM in Beaver Valley, just kind of suggested to me if, if I would be willing to get traded to Victoria. And I talked to Sunil, and <laughs> a couple days later, I got traded. So it went pretty quick, well, and I think it's a pretty good decision. Yeah, it's perfect. It makes it a lot easier, especially going to UVic. Uh, yeah. What are you, you going to be studying at UVic? Uh, I'll be in social sciences for now, but uh, I'm looking to transfer into the marine biology program. Uh, marine biology, UVic's got a great program for yeah. that. Uh, I used to work at UVic in their broadcasting and spent a lot of time around students, and they seem to uh, really enjoy going to school there. Are you excited to come in September? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be a, it'll be a good time. It'll be challenging for sure, but... I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, a, it's tough to juggle school and sports, especially at a high level. Oh, yeah. Are, okay. you, uh, are, you, re- are you ready for that challenge? Uh, I think so. I guess we'll, I guess we'll see, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> now, you, uh, you had a pretty good career with Beaver Valley. You, you won a Cyclone Taylor. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your time there? Um, well, first of all, the Beaver Valley is a Class A organization. I have nothing but respect for them, and I appreciate everything they did for me. And I mean – it was a great experience playing here, and uh, I mean, winning the Cyclone Taylor in my rookie year, that was, that was pretty special. We had a really good team that year, and I mean, we just did great things, and yeah, and really nothing but respect for this organization. Now, for a D-man, you seem to put a lot of points on the board. Do you classify yourself as an offensive defenseman, or is it just, uh, you, you got a gift for the stick? <laughs> You know, I, I used to be more of a defensive defenseman, but as, as the games progressed and as I've gotten older, I've start, started to shift more into a more offensive two-way defender, I like to say. I still play a good defensive game, but I think I have a couple tricks up my sleeve to play offensively as well. Well, it's definitely something the Cougars are looking forward to. They definitely want someone that can play on the back end, but being able to jump up into the rush is important to yeah. uh, compete in the VI. It's a high-scoring league. Now, we've got some changes coming forward in the VIJHL and Junior B as a whole in the province. Uh, I'm sure you heard that uh, BC Hockey's mandated full face cages for the whole league next year. Um, yeah, that seems yeah, to be the consensus from a lot of different people. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, spending a couple of years wearing an advisor and having to go back to a cage? 
Yeah, I mean, after playing with a visor, you kind of get used to it. It's so much easier to breathe and see. I mean, yeah, you'll get a couple sticks in the face, but that's the price you got to play to play the game, right? I I just don't like wearing the full full cage. It's going to be just almost a bit of a distraction. Yeah, it's something that a lot of people are going to have to get used to. Do you think the rookies coming to the league might have a bit of an advantage? Yeah, I think I think they might have. Well, I wouldn't say an advantage, but they'll definitely be more acclimated. And we've got uh, three points for a win coming into the VI next year. Is that going to uh, mix things up a little bit for hockey? Uh, you know, I I honestly don't really think so. I think a win's a win. You're still going to get points if you go to overtime, anyway. So, wins a win. You're originally from Calgary. What was it like playing in hockey uh, in Alberta compared to BC? Uh, well, it's a different experience, minor hockey versus junior hockey for sure, but I did enjoy my time in Calgary. It's a good plane for the Royals. Um, there, I honestly enjoyed my junior experience a bit more than my minor hockey experience, but I, I really liked it. Coming into the Cougars, uh, what do you think you're going to bring to the game to help elevate the Cougars towards that Cyclone Taylor? Because Cyclone Taylor is on the island this year, and I know the Cougars definitely want to get in the front door yeah. and not come in second with Campbell River hosting. Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, what I can bring to the team is being a 20-year-old, having that experience and having the Cyclone Taylor experience, I think I can bring in a good leadership quality. And uh, like like we said earlier, I think I can really help the decor kind of establish myself as an offensive player as well as a defensive player. I think I can play in all ends of the ice, and I think uh, – well, Kevin, I appreciate your time. Enjoy the rain and trail, and we'll look forward to seeing uh, in Victoria come September. Yeah. No worries. Kevin McBean, awesome. newly acquired lot, Victoria Jordan. Cougar, being traded for Matt Sparrow from the Beaver Valley Nighthawks. Thanks again, Kevin. Before we say goodbye, I want to thank Clay Conkren and Kevin McBean for joining me on this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking with more special guests as well as more player interviews. So keep an eye on VictoriaCougars.com as well as the Cougars social media at CougarsJRHockey and my Twitter, JordanSmith86. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.